Plump Goops podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of this new podcast that I I think I'm going to call The Writer's Room. As of now, tentative title, The Writer's Room. Um, it's the podcast where every week I get a special guest, a new special guest to come on and uh, write a chapter to a larger story with me. We do like the outline, uh, character beats, and just like the general gist, synopsis, you could say, of what happens. And then I, off mic, go write it into screenplay format and... At the end of each episode, actors do readings of that week's script. And on this episode, the very first guest of the writer's room is Ronick Pable. Ronk Ponk, yeah. if you will. I'm, I'm thankful and grateful and uh, great intro. It's great. Thank you. Yeah, I, that, I hadn't practiced it ever before. Nice, nice. One take wonder, just like One this wonder. podcast. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> No, this, this is the only time we're going to record this. <laughs> yeah. um, we will never come back. Honestly, I might not even edit it. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just your voice it. track. I'm not going to even send you mine. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only, I looked through Apple Podcasts, and um, the only podcast I could see that um, was called The Writer's Room is a monthly Doctor Who breakdown <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So I'm not uh, too worried about cross. Uh, really, about, really missed a chance to call it uh, writers whom. <laughs> With a question mark. With, With a question, question mark, marks. yeah. Like, who um, wrote this? Me and Ronick, uh, I was thinking about it, and I think we've known each other since sixth grade. I think so, yeah. That sounds fair. We were in band together in sixth grade. Yeah. So that's like 10 years if we met each other in sixth grade. That's, that's crazy, yeah. I never thought about yeah. that. Um, so it's been it's been a long time with me and the punk because we are both um, you could say cast members and writers of on Mountain Men vids. Yeah, writers a strong that. word for me at least. You've uh, written you've written um, sketches. Yeah, but like not well. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say your Christopher Robin sketch was the most popular sketch yeah, of yeah. the summer twenty. No, that was yeah, that was a hive mind. I was just someone had to put it to paper and <laughs> I took I took that cross and, and bore it. <laughs> that was your <laughs> that was my Christopher cross Robin was your cross to bear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You and the fictional character will forever be intertwined in Mountain Men <laughs> lore. I actually I went through all of the videos on um I was bored one day, I think, um, in class maybe, and I went through all of the videos that we had on our channel. Yeah. You are you have the starring role in the most videos on our channel. So you could Why? we could call you the Why? star because of little boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I don't know. You could say we've been creative partners for a while. And I think out of any member of Mountain Men Vids, I would say that we're perhaps the most creatively in tune with each other. Uh in terms I, of like the media we like. Yeah, I guess in terms of watching similar shows. So, Ronick, we've talked about this a little bit already. You kind of know what's about to happen. But in this week's episode, we are going to write the prologue to the bigger story. So think think Harry Potter. Think Minerva McGonagall is leaving Harry on the doorstep of the Dursley's house. Kind so of that vibe. It's like an intro to the world. That's 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 the one way of thinking it. Like this really, like this introduction to the character at the beginning 
so it doesn't even have to be the main character because baby Harry isn't the main character. <laughs> yeah, McGonagall isn't the main character. The next thing we see is adult Harry. Yeah, yeah. It could just true. be like, it could be two separate characters off doing their own thing, but I do feel like it should be indicative of the wider world. And the tough thing about this podcast is you have no say in what happens next. Yeah, So yeah. you could just so, create this world right. and then someone could just derail it. This is what I was thinking then because I knew I knew I would just have the ability to lay the groundwork and I wouldn't be able to say anything else. So my idea was like what is like the furthest removed we can go so like literally anything is possible. In my in my mind this is what the first line of the entire script is. The year is 9999 <laughs> and the world the world is a hexagon <laughs> like the shape of the earth is a hexagon yeah the earth is a hexagon so now let me let me try to explain why this is good why this is a good idea <laughs> i would like to know why this is good because think about it 9999 it's significant because it's the year before the 10,000 the big 10,000 yeah. what we're all waiting for right the turn of the what is what even is that it's the turn not the turn of the it's, millennium yeah it's, it's the, the end of, of the... a decade of millenniums it's 10 millennium <laughs> the deck the decillennium yeah that, I, I there has to be a name for it there there has to be and you know this is what you're going to research so you'll yeah. figure it out well i i feel like we would we should maybe think of the name together at okay. that point Okay. So I don't. There might not even be a name for it because we've no one alive right now is going to have to. Think yeah, no, it's no one's that. problem, right? Yeah. But anyway, continue. It's our it. problem. Yeah, it's our problem. Our cross. Um, we've made this our cross. Today. Yeah. And so it's a hexagon. So it's kind of like it's really easy to make factions, you know, in each point. If you want to have right. like different biomes, is like it's one clan, another clan. You can have like six, up to six, or something, or even more. So, I mean, who cares? But okay, let me ask you this: A hexagon is a two-dimensional shape. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess like a hexagon, like a hexagonal uh, prism. Cylinder? I think we're. I don't on the know what the difference is between a prism and a cylinder these days. <laughs> the world's gone crazy. It's gone mad. We can't tell the difference. So well, so now the first line is: The year is ninety-nine, ninety-nine, and the world is a hexagonal prism. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's okay. that sounds good to me. And then. Yeah, yeah. So the other reason we want to set in ninety nine ninety nine is because it's so far removed from the future. Like no one has any real concept of what yeah. Earth will be like. So it could be futuristic, or it could be like there's like these cool things where it's like the apocalypse happens and then it regrows. But like everyone, so like what if we just like repeated life? Like the apocalypse happens and we relearn how to like farm and like yeah, yeah. it like it, it, there's like all these different things. So it could be like it could just be our world again or it yeah, could be I mean, like super futuristic or it I mean, could be you never know. crazy you, you have no idea how many cycles and you, you definitely will, have you space travel through. you'll have space yeah. travel for sure so that's that's well, a given that's the question is well so we'd have to have space travel if we got to this hex hexagonal prism world you know now that i'm thinking about it what if it just is a hexagon like the earth is flat and it's just a hexagon like think of it like you know like the like the Catan board it's just that but maybe there there's are... an underside. I mean, you could. It's like, what if it's just like a slightly like rounded, flat, and there's like so an we underside. have a core. There is a core, yeah. Okay. I guess I'm just thinking of like a thick hexagon, not just a like thick paper. Hexagon. Yeah. So the prologue, we could say the year is ninety nine ninety nine. The world is a hexagon. Yeah. The next scene that someone writes could be back in twenty twenty. 
yeah the prologue yeah. is just in the future that would be really funny if we start out like someone says 99.99 and then we smash cut to like 1850 yeah. <laughs> it's just like old times for the rest of the entire series well, let's see what we have next so we have the first line if if that's not works for you i i was thinking like we start by setting the scene the setting of the scene mm-hmm. which is the hexa hexagon and mm-hmm. the years 99.99 we probably need some characters for this scene to be interesting yeah. we we start we start with like a bird's eye view of the entire earth and you can yeah. see like these six factions and like it can be like one is like industrial one is like pastoral one is yeah. farming one is like or whatever and it's like that and then you slowly zoom in and then i guess we can pick pick like a point on the earth to go zoom into yeah let me zoom 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 all the way into like a single person yeah. uh, i don't know i don't know who the person would be but let's talk about these factions first off okay yeah so are you thinking like there's a central point and six lines shoot off yeah. and in and like they all go to each um vertice yeah yeah like disney like disney world like it's like the like there's the (laughs) the castle and then there's like all the parks surrounding it maybe that's the goal there's like something in the middle that that each faction is vying for it's like capture the flag yeah so let's think about what each faction is at this Mm -hmm. point so that'll be important from bird's eye view so definitely have a farming faction a farming there's gotta be farmers city yeah perhaps. like like futuristic i'm thinking like, like star capital. wars like that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the farming one uh i'm assuming like there will be livestock grain we'll grain. have like a water faction maybe yes yes like an ice like a winter like oh, a cold yeah. like a cold faction there's got to be like a factor is you think the city qualifies as like the factory workers no the city is like uh the high life the city this, is yeah. like the hollywood the mm. um the uh think los angeles it's it's as spread out as los angeles but it's as high rise as new york city (laughs) cool um that's a great uh you're just giving me great description yes there you go we will have the industrial faction this is like the grimy grimy yeah just like there's like you can't even see the city you can't even see the faction because there's just like a cloud of smog engulfing it all i was thinking of it being like this like eagle flying over the entire earth just like zooming past and you see you see the farmers you see the city you see the smog and everything and then you're just like 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 a real futurist like a real (laughs) robot that no one's ever seen so we can we'll start with like a weird mutant bird that's flying around um through the city or through the through the world what if we introduce like the high ups of the high ups in the in the city so like maybe the bird's flying around and it hits a window and then we go into the into the window. We go yeah. into the office, and yeah. that, there's like some kind of crazy like board meeting of like the intensely powerful. Maybe they're talk. So let's let's introduce like the head. Okay, the leader. The a bad. I feel like they should be kind of like just like a dick. I feel like it should be a Trump type, like someone who who has been raised in such a bubble that they yeah. don't really like know how things work. It can be like a briefing for this. Let's call let's call it a her or she. She's like the leader like basically our advisors and they're just talking about like there's some kind of rumbling of some kind of like rebellion or something on the on the on the and they just call it the flip side and we don't know what that means (laughs) maybe someone tries to say maybe someone says like see you on the flip side and they're like no (laughs) yeah they're just like really just it's almost like insulting someone yeah i like that so there's like some unrest obviously but she just refuses to believe it doesn't care also i forgot to add is this gonna be like is this supposed to be funny or is this supposed to be? It can be. So I, I'm thinking I'm, we make it a little, a, a yeah. little funny. 
yeah a little funny because uh, who wants yeah we don't we're not trying to write intense yeah. drama here let's think about in terms of like casting and keeping it kind of small let's say like maybe she's in a meeting with like just two trusted advisors yeah i like that and these advisors are much smarter than her and maybe like one is uh like mm. a woman who's like really had to like work her way up yeah and like earns has earned what she has as opposed to this person who's above her in a position where she can never attain this person this person above her is so much so incompetent and yeah she just keeps on making increasingly bad decisions yeah and she's just like trying she's just like always just like head in her hand just upset yeah. constantly so it's let's say it's the the lead woman the scrappy woman yeah and then like, like maybe her. a kiss-ass guy who like yeah maybe it's just like a nepotism just like he yeah. he got his way up to the top just because of parents and he's obviously as stupid as the leader um and he keeps he's like a yes man to the leader and the leader like the scrappy woman i we need to give them names but the yeah. scrappy woman um is like actually giving good advice and like being smart and the guy the kiss-ass guy is just doing whatever the leader says and the leader's like you've yeah. got what it takes <laughs> you've got moxie kid yeah <laughs> So we've set that scene. Now, what are they talking about is the question. I think maybe you do the thing now where it's like there's like a rumbling of rebellion and she's like, and the scrappy girl's like, we really need to pay attention to this. This could be terrible for us. And then the other guy is like, nah, it's it's nothing. It's This has happened a million times before. It'll happen a million times again. It's yeah. nothing. We can don't even worry about it. Maybe let's name our characters now. Uh, so we have three characters. I feel like easiest character to name is probably the kiss-ass guy. Let's think of, like, a real snobby, like, rich kid. What are names, like, in 99.99? Probably, like, Zenith. Oh. Ether. Ether. (laughs) Okay, there has to be, like, a... There has to be, like, a Mike Airman Trout-type character named Ether. Ether, yeah. Just, like, a a hitman. Just just a cool know-it-all guy. Yeah, I like that. I still think... I think... For the, like the sake of comedy, we should, like maybe rich people names have just stayed the same all the time. Yeah, because yeah. like they don't have to adapt, they don't yeah. have to change. They've <clears throat> been living amongst themselves all the time. The whole yeah, time. that makes sense. Um, uh, Beverly, for the girl, for the main girl, no, for the for the for the guy, for, for the, the guy. guy. Yeah. Beverly, is that a Beverly guy? can be a guy name. Yeah. Okay, okay. Bev- no, I like that. Uh, okay, Beverly, but it's got to have like the saint. It's got to be like just like the preppy oh. kid, like Beverly, Beverly Saint, saint Bernard. St. <laughs> Clair, Beverly Saint. Like Beverly Saint, like pear or something, but spelled like <laughs> he's never been bullied for it, but it's so like obviously bad. And like eventually maybe he'll end up somewhere like in a bad situation where like people are bullying him for it. And yeah. it's like he, his mind is blown. <laughs> yeah, so like, Bever- I feel like it should be something dumb. Beverly Saint uh, Chair. <laughs> Beverly Saint Chair. <laughs> Okay, and then people like sit on him or something. <laughs> yeah, like, you're a chair. You're a chair. Chair. So we we have one really stupid joke down. Next easiest is the leader. The leader. A similar name, probably. It's gotta be kind of royal though. It can be stupid, yeah, but yeah. it needs to be just like like Priscilla or like uh, yeah, uh, Priscilla. Like what? Like Priscilla Precious or something. <laughs> the precious, the king, like Queen Precious. Uh, Queen Precious. That's sick. Queen Precious. Okay, I like it. Priscilla Precious. It's got the alliteration. Scrappy, scrappy woman needs a pretty cool name. Just like a, just a straight like Sarah, Sarah something. Is that I think too a little bland? better than Sarah. I feel like that's bland. What about like Dara? That's a name. D a r r a h. 
or like Ki- like Kiara or something like that, like one of those where yeah. it's like the the two. Kiana. Kiana, I like that. K Y A N A. Kiana Flair. Kiana Flair. Okay, good, good. So we have Beverly McChair. <laughs> Saint Chair. Priscilla Saint Precious. Chair. Oh, Saint Chair. Beverly Saint Chair. Much better than McChair. Yeah. Um, Priscilla Precious. Precious. And Kiana. Kiana Flair. Flair. <laughs> Flair. Well, do, do you think Flair and Saint Chair are too? Oh rhyme? no, no, yeah, yeah, that's bad, that's bad. The, the, what about like Kiana rhyme. Bane? Kiana Bane. Yeah, Kiana Bane's. Kiana Haynes. Kiana Haynes. <laughs> Baines, Bane, Baines, those are good. What about Baines? Baines is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Bane style. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe spelled the same way. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of Y's in that name. Offspring. <laughs> A long descendant of Aaron Baines. Baines. She walks into her room tired, and she just looks up at her ancestor ancestral photo of Aaron yeah. Baines getting posterized. <laughs> Okay, so we have our three characters, and so they're talking about some kind of uprising. Do you want to? You oh, what I was thinking was like, what if she, the Kiana character, she was like trying to like talk about how urgent this thing is, and said we we haven't seen like a rebel, an uprising this bad since like since five thousand, since five thousand, since that was okay. when like the maybe the, something to do in the middle, something happens in yeah. the center every like five thousand years or something. Well, so we still need to come up with the the turn of the blank. Because it's the turn of the blank. The decamillennium. I don't know. If that doesn't roll off the tongue, though. But I don't know if it really matters. This, it's like a megalennium. Centen- megalennium. Megalennium. <laughs> megalennium. Like you know how like the centennial. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the hundred, three hundred years. Megalennium sounds the turn of the megalennium. That sounds kind of cool. Okay, so so or, for now it's the turn of the megalennium or at the mid mid megalennium something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know so what's in just, the center. I have no idea what's in the center no idea what's we can leave it up. that's not for us to decide yeah we don't have to decide that now yeah whoever wants to take on that challenge good that's, luck it's there again that's, that's a dare cross to bear <laughs> yeah so so they're all sitting in this room talking we introduce it with like kiana's saying like there's an uprising in this place there's an uprising in this place priscilla and beverly are not concerned mm-hmm. priscilla is then- not concerned but kiana's trying to really push it but it doesn't work. But just, just, and it, like the meeting's over. It's like there's she, mm-hmm. Priscilla shuts it down and whatever. But as, she, as like Kiana's walking out, she just like calls up her man, her, her main guy, like the ether guy, and just says, like, hey, go check this out. Just give me a report and see what, 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 the, what the hell's going on. So if we have this hitman named Ether, I kind of want to see him. So like maybe he's standing outside guarding the meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. He, then, they all walk out. The, him and uh, Kiana, Kiana and, and Beverly walk chair. out. <laughs> Maybe he goes by his last name. He goes by his last name because yeah. everyone loves that last. <laughs> everyone loves, loves it. it. He's yeah. never he's never found any yeah, pushback on exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so they both walk out, and then yeah. they're like talking to each other, and like Kiana's like, "Hey, I'll catch up with you," and just talks to Ether, gives him a little mission. She could be like, they're really not, they're really not taking this seriously. We, we, like, we need to take it into our own hands, maybe. That's when Ether goes, we'll save this as a surprise for the end of the episode, where Ether ends up going. Ether ends up going off somewhere. Um, yeah. So let's, let's go back into the meeting a little bit and like kind of talk about the actual beats of the, of the scene. We start with them talking about it. And I think Kiana kind of wants to solve it with kindness and like actually like giving in to some of the demands because she knows it's unfair. Yeah. 
Yeah, that um, makes sense. And she comes from that uprising community. But Ooh, Beverly yeah. and Priscilla are just they're just like, let's solve, let's kill them. Like let's solve yeah. the violence. Like why why do we need to do any of that? Because they have they don't know what it's like. Is there anything that you want to talk about in terms of like detailing like the way the world works and like all the all the factions themselves? Maybe like in the in like that eagle flyover thing, it's like you would fo- you would fly over like the f- the farming faction, and you would see just some guys, some guy who might be important, like yeah. at a bar, just getting wasted or something, like like I, a tavern. I, I want like a good old boy, like strong, kind of not as intelligent country country guy, like in the farm, a yeah. And yeah. Maybe maybe we come back to maybe him. we maybe we just fly over and we flying over the farming thing, and then we stop over like this tavern because I, I, I think it'd be cool if like the like the farming faction is like kind of medieval and it's just like everyone's like it's like taverns and like everything's like end coming out of like a wood barrel or something yeah, yeah and it's just like uh it's this guy just getting like into like a bar fight at, at this tavern you just zoom that and then you go over to like the smog and you see like some weapons or something being built yeah. for something maybe they're like an arms dealer or something yeah and then you go over to the ice and it's just like i don't know i don't know what to do with the ice there's just like some people fishing i don't know <laughs> ice fishing yeah ice fishing and then and like living in igloos and stuff yeah yeah what's the other one the water Ooh, it's like is, ships what, and would it be cool yeah like trade and like all venice style just like and, and like there can be like canals and stuff there's a port and that's the border between the city and the water yeah the do you think factory. do you think it would be like like a vacation city like a like there could be cruise ships yeah um there could be uh, there like beaches, like, like French Riviera, like like yeah. yachts and shit. And then it, it gets to the city, and it's just like a bustling metro, metro metropolis. And then the bird crashes into the window, <laughs> and there's Priscilla standing there, staring out of the window. Um, she gets kind of shocked Beverly. by it right when it hits. She's just like staring out the window, <laughs> and the bird hits, and she's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. But the bird should like explode into like goo. <laughs> like it's a gross ass bird, and she's like, "Oh, that's this fucking disgusting." disgusting. <laughs> Like, she just hates everything that isn't perfect and beautiful and rich, yeah. you know? And she, like, calls on her, like, her, her like servant or whatever to be, like, uh, get someone to clean this shit up. Just clean this. Yeah, and the, the servant comes down from the window washer, and in the background, we just see him, like, another yeah, bird hits him, and he, like, falls off the... While all this, like, conversation is happening, the servant is just yeah. having the hardest time cleaning this Wait, so we should come up with this servant character then. He seems like a little comic relief, like a little. Oh, I think it's funny if he just dies. He just falls and dies. Oh, he just dies. Yeah. Um, there should be like maybe she like clones servants, unless that's too much like Watchmen. Oh yeah, that is that's because I don't I don't want there to be Watchmen, like I didn't, but, it, it would be uh, kind of sad if it was just like real it's... people dying for like our amusement, you know? Like it, it would be sad if that was the case. I feel like maybe it's like robots. Yeah, I think robots would be good. Okay. It's robot. Um, robot servants. Robot butlers. Yeah. They'll talk a little bit about, like, probably a little bit about the factions, just, like, establishing that there are six factions. Yeah, that's and, important. And we'll connect the dots as to, like, that's what we saw on the flyover. I don't know. They'll just, like, drop little hints as to, like, oh, tra- the trade and stuff um, from all the six factions and how everything's going well in the six factions. Um, mm-hmm. But there is an uprising. We don't know where yet. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to give every every person who comes in and writes with me, I'm going to give them a, a character whichever character they want to voice, preferably sticking with gender, unless it's like a non-binary character or a non-binary writer. Not to say your acting isn't good because you are the leading man of Mountain Men vids. 
Um, no, but... that's fine. You can drag my acting. It's not that great. No, it's, I'm not dragging your acting. I just um, I want to give my acting because I I went to a very heavy acting school. I yeah. want to give my acting friends like the bigger roles so that they oh, can yeah, uh, practice reads and stuff. So maybe do you want the robot butler? Yeah, I feel like that would be that would be a fun role for you. And then even if you're not the writer on an episode, um, when someone writes an episode, maybe the robot butler's in it. I'll I'll have you read the lines for it. Yeah, I like that. Let's well name name the robot butler. What do you want to be named? Marco. Mar- okay, Marco <laughs> no, the no, robot butler. Mark. It's like you know how like the the like the robots are like Mark one, Mark two, Mark <laughs> O. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. Like the like the the brand. That's or that's every, the model. And then that's I the model. die every single time, and then when I come back. It's like Mark Mark Y, Mark Z, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll keep track of what Mark we're on. Yeah. So yeah, that's we pretty much have it. Ronick, you'll be playing Mark Blank. The first yeah. Mark is Mark yeah. O. But Marco is gonna die real fast. <sighs> maybe that's they should game. all just be called Marco. Maybe. Marco. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I like Marco. Or like Mark O one. Mark O two. Yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? Mark O one, Mark O two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the latest, the latest model. Yeah. Perfect <laughs> in every way, except cleaning wind. That should, um, I should be able to stretch that into like five pages, four or five pages, and I Great. think that's a good prologue. Great. Well, thanks, Ponk. Yeah. Happy to help. So next up is the the read, the, the read, read of the show. Yeah. Let's get into the read, and which you'll be a part of. Oh yeah. Okay. And hopefully we can make it a live read, which with like all the actors together, so they can play yeah. each other and stuff. That'd be dope. Cool. We'll get into the read. Yeah. See ya. All right. Welcome back. Uh, we're in the reading now, the reading room. I am with the wonderful cast of the prologue. So I guess I'll run down the cast list. Playing Kiana Baines is. Hi, my name is Chantal Encalada. Playing President Priscilla Precious. Hi, I'm Isabella Morano. God, I'm so excited to be here. Playing Beverly St. Chair. Hi, I'm Max Murphy. It's, it's an honor, it's a pleasure, and I'm excited for what's to come. And co-writer of the prologue episode playing Mark O. Hello, everybody. It's me, Ronick Pable. Uh, excited to do this. Cool. Let's get right into it. Open on darkness. The sound of wings flapping. Super. The year is 99.99. The world is a hexagon. Exterior desert faction day. A bird bursts up out of the darkness and into the bright sun. The bird is basically an eagle, but much uglier. Her feathers are greasy and brown, her beak misshapen, her body bloated and lumpy. Despite her off-putting appearance, she radiates a unique cuteness. The bird soars over an expanse of desert. Across the dunes, a train of camels carries a thirsty-looking family. They look up at the bird as she flies over them. Exterior Industry Faction Day The bird glides through the clean desert air only to disappear into a cloud of smog. She's only gone for a beat until she explodes out of the smog. She coughs a few little bird coughs and looks down at rows of factories that pump smoke into the sky. On the ground, a grizzled older woman, face streaked in soot, steps out of a factory. She squints up at the bird. She watches until the bird disappears into the smog again. She smiles wistfully. Exterior Farm Faction Day The bird continues to streak over the smog until it gives way to a blue sky. She looks down to see 
fields of wheat dotted with tiny houses and lined by wooden fences. The bird flies so close to the wheat that stalks brush her chest feathers. A pair of married farmhands jump back as the bird blows past. The bird flies over a junky tavern where two men burst out of the door. One tackles the other to the ground. A huge, muscular, kind-faced man in overalls rushes out and pulls the men apart. Exterior Ice Faction Day The bird watches as wheat gives way to thick ice and snow. A young girl wrapped in thick winter clothing trots onto the ice toward a cutout fishing hole. She drops her fishing pole and squints up at the sky as the bird soars past. The girl squeals in delight. Exterior Water Faction Day Ice melts into water under the increasingly powerful sun. The bird looks up to see hundreds of yachts that glide across pristine blue water. The bird flies over one, where an old married couple lounges on pool chairs. A young waiter serves them martinis. In the sky, the bird releases its bowels. The excrement falls and splats directly in between the old couple's chairs. They both shriek in disgust. The bird passes over a ship as it pulls into port. A young, androgynous person, tanned and calloused by a life at sea, glances up as the bird flies past. Exterior City Day The bird flies over the port and is suddenly among huge skyscrapers. She looks down at the streets where cars drive slowly, stuck in heavy traffic. A taxi driver leans out of his window and gives someone ahead of him the middle finger. The bird looks to her left and right to see offices where people sit in cubicles. They watch in wonder as the bird flies past. The bird looks around in wonder at its new surroundings. She's never seen anything quite like it. A completely new world full of... The bird splats against a window and explodes into a green goo. Through the window, interior conference room day, President Priscilla Precious leaps back in surprise as green goo drips down the window she was just standing at. Jesus Christ! In a large conference room, two people sit on either side of a long table. One is Kiana Baines, female, late 20s. She wears a smart black pantsuit and has her dark brown hair pulled back in a long ponytail. The other is Beverly St. Chair, male, also late 20s. He wears a preppy green blazer with a vest underneath, complete with a dotted red ascot. His short blonde hair is greased back immaculately. The two advisors look at the window in surprise. Those damn mutant bird fuckers! She turns to her advisors. Can't go one day without a stupid animal being stupid. Mark O! The door to the conference room flies open, and Mark O hurries in. He wears a tuxedo and a bow tie. Yes, Madam President? Clean this window. Kiana looks at Priscilla wide-eyed. President Precious, don't you think that's a little dangerous? I mean, those birds have been taking out kite surfers left and right. He's a robot, Kiana. Right away, Madam President. Mark O spins and exits. Kiana watches him go with pity. Beverly tries to cover his quip with a cough. <coughs> Robot lover. Kiana ignores him. Priscilla takes her place at the head of the table. In the middle of the table sits a hexagonal board. From the middle of the board sprout six lines that stretch to the board's vertices. These lines create wedges of space in the board. In these spaces, images similar to the ones we saw the bird fly over are displayed. An image of sand dunes, an image of a factory, an image of a wheat field, an image of snowy mountains, an image of the ocean, and an image of the city. What were we talking about? Um, this fake uprising? What? It's a real uprising. Madam President, 
If we don't take this seriously, it could be a repeat of the mid-megalennium. If this uprising was real, then how come I haven't heard of it? I just told you. I like the way you're thinking, Saint Chair. In the window behind Priscilla, Mark O lowers himself down on a window washing platform. He scrubs at the window. You know, you got what it takes. I'm keeping an eye on you. Kiana, you might want to take notes from Beverly here. You might get somewhere if you weren't such a puss all the time. Kiana's eyebrows raise in shock. Priscilla notices this. Oh my god, puss as in sour puss, not vag. I'm not calling you a vag. She's not calling you a vag, Kiana. In the window, a bird spears Marco through the abdomen. He flies off the platform. Okay, fine. But I'd still advise you to look at this carefully. These things can get out of control. But you know what's in control? Little segue there. Love it. Getting great yield from all factions. Fish from the ice faction is getting a little low, but wheat yields from the farms are making up for it. Good shit. God, I am good at leading. Exterior hallway, later. Beverly and Kiana exit the conference room into a long hallway lined with windows. Outside the conference room door, Ether, male, 50s, guards the meeting with a large gun in hand. He wears civilian clothes and his bald head is littered with scars. Hey, great job in that meeting, Kiana. You really proved you're right where you belong. Who needs to be a leader when you're such a great advisor? Kiana smiles thinly at Beverly. See you tomorrow, Beverly. Beverly trots down the hallway. He hums happily. Kiana watches him go for a beat, then turns to Ether. Like I expected. They're not taking it seriously. Kiana takes a clearance card out of her pocket and slides it into Ether's hand. Looks like it's up to us. You know what to do? Ether doesn't answer, just stares straight ahead. Cool. Kiana walks off. Exterior city, later. Ether exits the building. He steps over Mark O's robotic remains as he heads down the street with a purpose. Interior, subway, later. Ether sits quietly, wedged tight in his seat by people on both sides as the train rattles along the tracks. Exterior, warehouse, night. Ether approaches a large warehouse in an abandoned part of town. Interior, warehouse, continuous. The warehouse is completely empty. Ether presses an elevator button on the wall. The elevator arrives and Ether steps inside. He taps Kiana's clearance card on a sensor. Then he presses the bottom unmarked button. The elevator rattles to life. Ether stares straight ahead as it descends. The elevator goes further and further down until it flips completely upside down. However, Ether stays rooted on the floor. Gravity has shifted. Ether pulls out his gun, takes a deep breath. The elevator stops, a beat of silence. The door opens and an instant scream. A mutant hyena rushes Ether, who quickly raises his gun and pulverizes it. Ether steps out of the elevator into a barren wasteland. The sky is smoggy and almost black. Wind swirls and picks up dust and tumbleweeds. On every tree sits multiple birds, just like the one we know and love. Ether takes a deep breath and heads off into the wasteland. Cut to black. All right, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode one of The Writer's Room. I'm putting all of our actors' information in the description, as well as Ronick's info, as he was the guest of this episode. If you have time to listen to this podcast, then you definitely have time to sign some petitions. I'm going to put three new petitions for causes that I like in the description each week, uh, so go sign those. And um, thank you to Austin Woolsey 
for all of the music, uh, the intro song, the transitions, the underscore, and the outro song. Check him out in the description as well. And there's a new episode next week, coming next week, episode two, coming next week, next Monday. Episodes every Monday. Uh, so stay tuned. All right. Thank you, everyone. Plump Goops Podcast.